0: You are listening to a Core Awareness seminar by Liz Cook. Her website is www.coreawareness.com. That's C O R E awareness.com. Please note that Core Awareness is a trademark signature of Liz Cook, her workshops, seminars, books, and CDs. The information presented in the seminar is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose of the seminar is to provide information and to simply educate. The author and publisher shall have neither liability nor responsibility to any person or entity with respect to any loss, damage, or injury caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly by the information, suggestions, explorations, or exercises contained within the seminar or written in response to the seminar. The author is not a medical authority, and she is not qualified to diagnose or prescribe any therapy. The information is simply her personal opinion. Please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have. This is a uh, interview with Maggio, and my name is Liz Cook, and my website is Core Awareness. And today I have uh, Patricia Maggio with us. She likes to be called Maggio, and uh, discussing creative the creative process. Maggio is a painter, and has a degree in creation spirituality from Naropa University. She has uh, lived an amazing life which we'll actually delve into uh, in the process of our conversation about creative process, but she's lived for quite a long time in Japan and she has used various mediums to explore the creative process and she's expanded beyond the arts into dream therapy and hypnotherapy. So I want to welcome you Magia, and I'm excited that we're going to be com- conversing about the creative process.
1: Yes, thank you Liz, it's good to be here.
0: So do you want to uh, tell people a little more about your process and how you have arrived where you are right now?
1: <laughs> <In> my, <laughs> Not by in my office! <laughs> I tell you what I suppose you mean. Okay. Um, well, I arrived here through Japan. The, the, the Japanese part of my life is just ongoing. It's, it was such an incredible um, exercise in perspective and in putting life together. I, I went when I was 26, and I came back when I was um, 38. So I was there for a while. And you taught
0: while you were living in Japan? I
1: did, and it was the teaching that really pushed me. I taught in an art school. I was teaching um, art students English, but I ended up teaching creative process. So, what I started to do in in the university in Kyoto really has a lot to do with what I'm doing now with my painting groups. Because they were asking things up, they were asking me to investigate. Certain aspects of Western culture, Western art, that I hadn't thought of. I was there to learn about Japanese art, but they wanted to know about Western art, and so I was forced to find out where they meet and and what, how I wanted to teach them, because it was it's so easy over there to play. We called it the play the White God, which is um, they were so hungry for. Things uh, from the West that it was easy to step in this attitude that um, you know we really knew what we were doing in the West, right. <laughs> which we don't, of course.
0: So part of what I'm I understand about your work um, is that, and like my work with uh, core awareness, that we share something in common around the expression of
1: uh, human potential. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. In fact, my my new newsletter is really about the the trip that we took together, your workshop in in Mexico, because I wanted people to know how important the work that we did, the physical work that we did, has to do with the creative process, has to do with painting, has to do with creativity. Um, And I'm still working on integrating that, and it'll be interesting to see how it shows up for them, and I want um, my painters to be part of that dialogue. But, yeah. Well,
0: um, so let's let's break this down a little bit. Let's begin with what are we talking about? What are we talking about when we say that we're both in a creative process, a, a, a process of innovation? Um, I know for myself with the SOAS, what I'm recognizing is um, that the SOAS is not only the survival response um, and has a lot to do with whether we feel safe and. Uh, or whether we feel threatened, but it also, uh, the core of the being, has a strong impulse for what I call innovation mm-hmm. or to thrive, to blossom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that you feel similar in your process. So so how do you define creative process? Wow,
1: oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I would say we talked a little bit earlier about the difference between surviving Thriving and um, most of us, if unless we're scrambling for our next meal, are in a position to thrive or to have a consciousness of thriving, which is creative and innovative. Um, and it brings our whole self forward, I think and it brings also our connection to how we perceive the power beyond ourselves. And in my, the way I understand creative process, and the way I see it in my painting groups, that it is there all the time. If you can step aside, if you can let it come through, and our our culture, our society, stands in the way. That's the only thing in the way is. Is not who we are, but what we 've learned and what we practice and what 's around
0: us right, what I call conditioning, yeah, and that 's what interrupts actually the functioning of the human organism yeah. is our, is many times something as simple as the shoes we wear or the chair we sit in, but also the belief systems and uh, the emotional stance that we might take so one of the things I wanted to, to bring you, in, but it, you so want to go that first. Hold that thought. Let okay. me just
1: say that one of the metaphors that we share that's so powerful, with this conditioning thing, that if we can condition our body like we do to damp damp down our creativity and our thriving, you can imagine what we do with our spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so powerful. And I told my, when I got back from Mexico, I was so excited about the trip that we took and what happened to me there, that I, you know, that's what I said. Um, you know, using the psoas as as an example of the creativity that we're doing the same thing on so many other levels. It's just so obvious with the body that when you have a muscle that's getting dried and shriveled and and contracted and not supporting and pulling everything off, you know it's happening in other areas too. Right,
0: and you know so so I I, lo- I like uh, words a lot so. What are you defining as spirit? Because for me, spirit, or or what we think of as energy or vibration, is in fact um, there is no separation. To me, we'll get, we're, we're headed into that thing of language, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. and how important language is, and I'm I'm kind of obsessed about it right now about how we're that what we think or the language we use are, is restricting the capacity of who we want to be or who we could be.
1: So true and, and that's one of the things I really learned in Japan because as I learned the language I found that when I was speaking in Spanish or in English with friends we used a lot of Japanese words because there were concepts like ki, chi mm-hmm. that, that weren't in English. We couldn't say the things we wanted to say after we had been there for a while, so I, it's really true. It's so embedded in the language, how we think and how we're conditioned.
0: So creativity, you, you you have told me that you know you feel that our culture doesn't value it, that there's no value. So let's let's go there because that's a whole language issue around what is frivolous or what is. It's true. You know, what, what we don't consider important. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's so true. Um, well, one of Why the, is the creative process important? Well, one of the things I learned in Japan is that I was so profoundly materialistic. I was a little hippie kid, you know, that thought my values were in the right places. But as a Westerner, especially American, I expected if you put energy into something, you get something from it. You know, it's like the difference between creativity and the art in the sciences. They want applied science. You get something from it. I mean, the whole way we think, our whole conditioning in our society is to get something from what you're doing. Get something concrete. Whereas in Japan, and sure, it has a huge uh, Western veneer, and it's changing all the time, but the heart of it, the Asian culture, is they really know what spirit is. And they would say that spirit is in everything and that you honor it. You know, you run into a motorcycle, you run into a tree, you say, Excuse me. It's 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 respect. Mm. And it's something that I didn't realize how far off I was into the material world until I got into a world that wasn't like that. Mm. So So take that into
0: creative process. Now we well, you know you, you mentioned that in our culture we don't value creativity or spending time yeah in a creative process
1: we don't because I, I have taught art in the schools through the cultural council for years and years and years and you some some child does a wonderful you know we try not to put quantitative um, values on it but some child will do a wonderful painting and we'll say look at this you know how does this feel and we'll just sort of give it some attention have people have have the children. Um, learn something from it. And so then the child's response will be, um, so how much do you think I can sell it for? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's, so there's, the schools are centered around this idea of materialness. Mm -hmm. And and to spend time just playing or examining or trying or experimenting or exploring, um, there's no time for it. So let's let's yeah. decide that there
0: is a value there. There's okay. a div- there is a, a value in the creative process. Uh, with the core, I recognize that when I began working with the soas, I was looking to uh, release the psoas, um, to get some back relief, to feel more comfortable. But as the years have gone on and I'm comfortable and I don't have back <laughs> pain, then I'm actually exploring the core in the process of innovating, which is delicious, which is, is pleasure, and which is profoundly nourishing. Mm-hmm. And I think that your combination of painting and dream work and um, metaphor and uh, the whole um, what you mentioned is kind of the subconscious. Let's Let's go into that field of why is it worth spending time moving into those areas of ourselves that do not necessarily produce something uh, that's tangible and yet nourishes our whole being and our whole existence and allows us to flourish?
1: Well, you, well, you said it. You know, all the things that you said about the psoas, you know, could be said about art. And art is one of those things that are not valued in, in, in this culture. It's kind of an elite thing that's collected, and it's a money investment, um, or it's, it's expression, getting out the anger. And I think really using the art process, the creative process, to investigate, to become more flexible, to, to taste the pleasure, as well as the pain and anguish, because those things also come up, um, it makes life richer. And like you said, the the innovation. When life is richer, you have a greater syntax to choose from. There are more choices. There are more more possibilities. I mean, the difference between surviving attitude and thriving attitude is the poetry, Mm -hmm. the um, appreciation, the generosity. It's, it's all yes. it's all in there, and I think it's the same on the physical level with the, with the sofas. It's a there way is. of being.
0: Really. Oh, I like that word generosity, because it's generosity with oneself as well as others. Yeah. It's generosity to to linger over a sensation or yeah, to linger yeah. over a, a, an emotion where you you stay there and it becomes more palatable and yeah. and you 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 kind of. Explore the nuances of something.
1: And, and I think that the Japanese would say that that's, that's honoring. Mm-hmm. You know, you honor as you, you arrange the food before it's eaten. You know, you take the time to appreciate it, spend time with it. Um, and it is a generosity of spirit to, to do that for someone.
0: And it's a generosity of time. It's a yeah. use of your time differently than the survival mode, yeah. which is to get from A to B as quickly as possible. Uh, Which is a survival, you know. If you're gathering firewood or you're gathering water, the faster you can do it, uh, the quicker you have your needs taken care of. But but if we take that approach, we also miss all that. Miss so much. We miss so much that happens.
1: Yeah, miss the wateriness of water and the. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and with. With the, Japan, the communities that I lived in Japan, which were mostly Zen communities and out in the country, there's this um, respect for attention for what you're doing. And people that don't have that, they're sort of treated as child, children. You know, like if you don't put your shoes together when you take them off... You're sort of a barbarian, but you'll learn eventually that shoes like to be put together. All things like to be put together. So it isn't just order. It's an attitude about things, about material things, that is so different. And over. that are
0: basically symbolic of the yes. kind of attention yes. that we, we offer or that we bring to every moment. Everything.
1: Yes. Right. yes.
0: Right. That it, it, it's a kind of external representation of the quality of attention
1: quality i love that Mm -hmm. it's about quality it really Mm -hmm. is and it seems like um in the west quantity is so emphasized you know how many and how long and
0: the president of Toyota just said that he was going to switch that, that they, he'd lost his priority to oh. making more cars to making quality cars. Yes. So, so you can see the Western influence uh, penetrating. So, you know, to me, a lot of uh, what we're talking about is, um, to kind of stay on this subject for a little longer, is uh, the, the quality of attention I call core awareness is to be able to cultivate the awareness of sensation, the awareness of the message that the psoas brings um, to, the, to the innovation of movement that is potential within our tissue, that regular, everyday movement doesn't really provide. So that mm-hmm. it's as if, living in this culture, I have to create space and time where I can actually... Um, learn, kind of like you were saying in the Japanese uh, tradition, almost learn how to pay attention that I can then carry out into every moment of my life. So people will say, how much time do I spend working with my psoas? I don't, because... It's, my, part of uh, your it's life. just part of me. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I'm there well, all the time.
1: Exactly, and the same for an artist. You know, how how or a poet. You know, how much time do you spend as a poet every day? Well, it's so integrated. You know, looking out the window, looking at the surface of the water as you carry it. It's integrated, and and I guess at this point, people need to be taught that. But the thing is, I think at the core, at our core, people take that in in different ways, and that's where the innovation comes. -hmm. People whose poems are going to be different, their paintings are going to be different, their connections, you know, the synapses are going to be different. If we give people a chance to do that, people have been so sort of regimented, sort of herded along to get that water in, get that wood stacked, that we miss the the variety of possibilities of our individuality. you know, we lo- we've, we've lost it. And I think so, that's what's going to start happening.
0: So that's what we're both interested yes. in, really. So part of our our both our pathways has been to to, to bring in... I often say, you know, my, my pathway was not the psoas. Yeah. My pathway was human potential. And along the way, I happened to meet the psoas, um, and it, it became a love for me as a way of maybe as a metaphor... Yeah, for human potential.
1: Absolutely, and I think the same for me. You know, it's the human potential mm-hmm. that's so exciting. And that when you see somebody connect two points or, or to come over like last night, somebody was painting and they said, I get it, two colors together, how they change. Yes. Yes. They've been painting for months and suddenly mm-hmm. their sensitivity was groomed to the point where they saw color in a new way. Yes, And they'll never be the same. And the, and the world around it will never be the same. Mm-hmm. But it takes time. And that's that
0: flourishing. That's like yes. the rose opening, right? Yes. You know, we don't see it happening, but all of a sudden there it is in its fullness. And um, a, a, a similar dynamic happened actually at the retreat where when we played with the, uh, the birthing reflex, and the first time one of the women who was there had that experience, she stood up and she goes, I belong here. That was the first words mm. out of her mouth. Mm. It was, I belong here.
1: Yeah, I can identify with that. Yeah. And, and can you imagine living your life with not having that stance? But it
0: was just, yes, it was such a stance. It mm. was a physical stance in her that shifted as she recognized, mm. I belong here.
1: Yeah, what a gift. Yeah. What a yeah.
0: wonderful gift. And, and um, so that's kind of the, the reason to spend time exploring yes. the psoas or exploring the creative process. Yes. Now, you do it through, through paint, but you also do it through poetry and
1: through dreams. So yes. talk a little bit
0: about your dream work and how you well have brought that into well, it. Well, I
1: have a soapbox when it comes to dream work because I feel that we are given a gift of a window into our deeper self every single night through dream work. I think that our dreams keep us from de- deceiving ourselves. Say it's, more about that. It's so easy to because we need to function because we have to go get along with life, um, to let things stack up and not really feel things, or not really um, stay connected. Mm-hmm. And dreams, from my experience, um, you can have a whole physical diagnosis from your dreams. You know whether your your spine is off. I mean, it all comes through your dreams metaphorically. But the longer that you spend with them. Like I I call it unpacking them, um, the more information you get, and you don't need to uh, interpret them. You don't need to delve into every single one, but just paying attention to your dreams is like the rearview mirror. You, you know, or it's it's knowing more about where you are and who you are right now. Mm -hmm. It's they're incredible. I mean, it's amazing that this culture hasn't appreciated them more. It doesn't
0: embrace them. Yeah.
1: Because, it, I mean, it's been, it's proven that so many innovators and um, and scientists and artists have used the dream state. But still, there's almost a prejudice against it. And I think it's because of the metaphor. We're not, um, and Carolyn May says, we all need to sp- learn to speak mythology. Learn to speak metaphor. It's a part of our life. And somehow the way we've gone in the Western culture is, um, is so literal that, um, we don't even look at the Bible as metaphor. You know, many people don't. It's, it's a poetry. It's that time thing again. Let's talk about that because for me, um, I'm very
0: interested in changing the language of body, uh, of mm-hmm. what we call body. And uh, so I've, uh, I've been on my own soapbox here with, <laughs> um, with, with language. And the, what I define as biomechanical um, versus biointelligent. And that the biomechanical languaging of the human body comes out of the industrial revolution, comes out of reductionist thinking, which believes that if you take something apart, you will understand it in its fullness and its wholeness. And it's brought us, you know, the car and the airplane and this, you know, computer, but it, um, but when it 's applied to the human body, I realized in trying to understand the psoas that the psoas didn 't fit in the model very well because I kept we kept adding things, or in the holistic model we we hear people say, "Oh, you know this is body, mind, spirit." Well, to me that 's the mechanical model trying to compartmentalize these things that are whole and then trying to put them together. So I feel especially those of us who are therapists that one of the most powerful things we can do, and probably as artists and teachers, is to change the the language.
1: I agree. I agree completely. And when you start talking about the psoas, I start thinking, what is the metaphor for the creative process that I do immediately? And what I got from what you just said is that most art is a specialized product. People learn in school, art school, college, whatever. And that system is not working either. In fact, there's a wonderful book written by uh, an art professor called Why You Can't Teach Art. Because you can't teach it. You can teach technique, but the the looking at the surface of the water, the you know, looking at the sky, the, the real experience that's necessary to do it, no one can teach you. People can lead you there, but it's, it's exactly the same thing. And the language works against it. What's the composition? Does it work? All these things that those of us that are academically trained in art can work against the creative process. Mm-hmm. So, In fact, the most exciting artwork that's out there right now is called Art Brew or Raw Art. It's um, people that are unschooled. Yeah. That is the most exciting for me. Well, and that
0: happens in the field that I'm in. For many people who are trained in dance or trained in Pilates or trained in yoga, they may have harder time accessing a fluid mm. psoas than a person coming off the street who simply takes their shoes off and, and doesn't even know where their soas is. They don't have that control of the core and so they haven't manipulated oh, themselves in a way so they actually have more access to how they're feeling. And they, they, don't, they, they haven't tried to it. compartmentalize themselves. It's, it's so
1: true. And it's like, it's like the people come in with what I call art trauma. You know, they stop their art process really early because somebody, you know, criticized them or whatever, mm-hmm. um, who have no training at all. They are, it's easier for them to be authentic
0: mm-hmm. because
1: they haven't trained this rigid core like you're talking about in a way that works against them.
0: Right. So in changing the language for me, part of it is finding the metaphors. Yeah. and um so i've been excited i've been excited in exploring metaphor like well, wh- how do we think of the core and mm. and why do we think of it the way we think about it and i recognize that most of it is because we think of body as object yeah. Yeah. it's a thing
1: we'll see we're back to that material again
0: yeah so it's an object it's a thing and that as long as we don't uh as long as we hold on to this thing then Then there's a a, a limitation, and there's a a construct around how and what body is, and that it can be other than spirit, or other than. But if one sees oneself as a living process... And, and part of a larger uh, biosphere that we're we're not object and environment we are environment. Yes. Yes. That as we we enter into this recognition that we are accessing or actually witnessing or experiencing life itself. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yes. Th-
0: then here we are. Then the idea of innovation, not just surviving, but, yes. but innovation and is we that we're a living
1: process that's yeah, changing. It's changing, and we need it so much. And of course, the metaphor back to the studio is, you know, that I, that I tell I say when you go out and have a wonderful evening, you taste the food, you see a movie, you dance, you have nothing to put over your couch. Nothing. You have no product. So tonight as you paint, this is a journey. You're not making something, and it's so hard to get through. But it's the same thing. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And I I love what you just said, because I can use that, you know, to look at not only this process differently, but your body differently. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, that which paints. That which (laughs) paints. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: play. How about we talk a little bit about play? Because you and I are going to do a workshop together on play uh, in in this creative process. And I teach other workshops that are specifically play workshops. One of them is called Stalking the Wild Soas," and and Primal Play with, that I do with Cass Phelps. And the reason I do these workshops on play is because I realize that when we're working with the psoas, we're really working with proprioception or developing the nervous system or growing ourselves, so to speak, our, our neurological impulses, um, and and connections, and that in the wild world, play is how animals do it. And I'm an animal, and therefore, gee, I think there's something key here in play as a way to innovate. Absolutely,
1: and it's the same thing with painting. Um, we were talking last night about the painter's painter, and the painter, the serious painter's painter... <laughs> Throws away all the knowledge and goes into the materials. And I mean, it's a very serious but playful at the same time. And so we talked a lot last night that is serious and playful um, a duality? Mm-hmm. Not really. You know, it's like the, the environment and the body, they're part of each other. They can hold each other. And the seriousness is to continue the game even mm-hmm. when you're not winning, or even when... You As know, children do, yeah, yeah, right? They get yeah. serious when they, they play. They do. They do, even if it's just pouring water into cups. Mm-hmm. You don't stop in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this commitment they can play for hours, and it's the same with painting. Someone totally new to painting can paint for five hours and not even realize it. You lose time with play, with real mm-hmm. deep, investigative play. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the points someone brought up, too, was there's an expansion yourself is expanded and there's an, there's a lack of self-consciousness too in the play so all the things you said about the playing with the psoas, it's so true with the creative process it's it's the baseline it's the fundamentals of being creative and it's timeless
0: yeah it you is. know so you enter into what well, in physics is a scalar wave you yes. enter into mm-hmm. a, a suspension of time where time is no longer relevant, which is an incredible place of nourishment.
1: It is, and it brings us back to what we were talking about, making time for, you know, that honoring, that attention. So perhaps in this Mm relanguaging, it's going to be a different relationship to time.
0: Mm.
1: It'll have to be, which is very exciting.
0: Yes, and the metaphors that we use for time are um, mechanical. Are mechanical. Not
1: justice, enough. The, yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 You
1: don't say. Not enough air.
0: Right. know. It's. But we don't. Yeah. Right. Very good point. Yeah. It's a different relationship to it. So both of us. Uh, um. I had. I. I. I want to bring in something around play and coherency. In other words, how the dream life and the play and maybe what we call a spiritual path. You were mentioning that art was a a spiritual path rather than a product-oriented or expressive discharge process. Not that it can't be that, but it's something much greater than that. It
1: is much greater. And immediately I start thinking in Japanese because... um, We don't have the words in English. There's a word for practice, which isn't over and over and over again, like the violin or Practice in Japanese, okeiko, is somehow embodying it, whether it's archery or tea ceremony. It's somehow living through it again and again until you reach the pitch that you are it. So art as practice, and in the Zen arts, all of those arts, flower arranging and calligraphy, Um, change your awareness to the materials and probably to time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's almost set up, and it's from a certain time in Japanese history, not everybody even does it now, um, where people practiced. People, uh, you know, even the farmers, there were certain practices that people had, and they involved spirit and art. Learning the art, no matter what it was, was the path to understanding spirit in their life and to living it is is one way of saying it. As a Westerners way of saying it perhaps. but mm-hmm. So...
0: There's a digestive process there that, yes. that has to take place. Oh, that's place. an
1: interesting thing to say. Digestive process. I like that because it's, it's organic. It's assimilation.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the discrimination. Is that digestion is often thinking of taking what I want and discharging what i don't want. Yeah. Uh, that's but a mechanical. that's a, but that's a large intestine activity. Okay. Specialized. Whereas the small intestine is assimilation and small intestine is associated as a metaphor to the fairy tales of um, turning straw into gold.
1: Oh, interesting. Ah, sure. The so alchemy. It's the
0: alchemy of, of assimilating something in which the organism is porous enough that it can take it in. Because we know that the filaments of the intestinal tract are not passive, they're active. And that the way we actually draw in what we need and how much we need is through this intelligence of the tissue. Yes. So, you're, so you're taking something, yeah. but it, it, it's just because you put it in your body no. doesn't mean you're going to no. assimilate it.
1: And if we back up further in the um, process to the in the mouth, um, why we choose what we choose? I mean, little kids might eat, you know, broccoli for a week, and mm-hmm. they have found that they get what they need if you let them do that. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Italian and French, you know, this this relationship to food is so different than what we have. Um, it's a whole experience. And they've, and they've even, you know, scientists see that, you know, the attitude with which you eat food is different than how you assimilate it. So the whole process, it isn't just digestion like an earthworm. Something goes in and something goes out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the art of it, of how it's presented and how it's eaten, what conversations that you have, the whole thing.
0: And the alchemy. So that's, yes. a, I, 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 li- I like that that word because it suggests that there's magic there. That there's something that we don't control.
1: And that brings me back to innovation. You know, if people were living their life through flourishing in innovation, all kinds of different things would come out. I mean, in dream work, I talked to someone last night, someone new to my painting who just just showed up, and tells me how she has all these precognitive dreams, which people, most everybody have once in a while, but it's ongoing with her. And this is all possible for all of us, I believe, if we aren't put in these little boxes. So the creative process and the different relationship to the body open these possibilities up to be innovative human beings, living innovatively, Mm -hmm. which isn't a marketing. It doesn't mean we'll have something new to offer in a catalog, but that we will perceive and live differently.
0: Well, and that every moment, is yeah. I, what, what, what occurs to me is one of the areas that um, I'm always exploring in the core is uh, the need for control. In mm-hmm. other words, most people, because the metaphor of the psoas is biomechanical, then there's a kind of perception that the psoas is weak, and that it needs to be strengthened, and therefore training is how you strengthen it, how you tone it, or how you get it to behave, or how you learn to control the the sensation or feelings that are going on in the core and the biointelligent would be to recognize that as a living process there's an expression always going on and and That's so, so you're you're That's just so you're you're really kind of tasting that expression and through it being informed by through your own awareness of the actual process that you are you are you are
1: You are you <laughs> The are. process that you are. Yeah. And and it's and it's so the same with artwork. You know, it's it's participating in it. Yeah. So how how when you, when you, what, what did you say right in the very beginning of that? That was so exciting because it was it's the same. I don't know. <laughs>
0: It <laughs> was a moment in time, going, oh a metabolic God. moment. <laughs> I know, I saw, I saw it in a
1: different way, just for well, a second. Come, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll come, come
0: back. back. Um, so we were talking about how art and body were in our culture is often extraneous. Like your body doesn't, you know, you don't pay any attention until something's wrong. And art, you know, you want to speak about that? Because that was an yeah, interesting... Yeah. Um, Comparison, yes, to the extraneous, to the fact that we live kind of externally rather than turn towards ourselves, and
1: yes, and I can really see it in terms of of the body with how graphically you talk about, you know, how we perceive it mechanically, Um, and I think it's the same with art. We have it so pigeonholed that you know we give lip service to yeah, an artist can be a cook or a gardener, whatever you do is an art. But what would that really look like? It would be so different. Would
0: if life if life itself was perceived as a yeah as, as, a, as an art as um, an art
1: as a process as a play as a play. As a play. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a
0: wonderful there's a wonderful quote that said life is the game that must be played.
1: Well, and it's time for us to change the game. The way right. the, the game has been played up to now has has sort of delivered us to a cliff or to, to our civilization, to problems. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be reconsidered here. And I think that's what we're doing in a way. Yes. Redefining. Yeah. Well, and, and with, with, with
0: language for the psoas, um, I think I really firmly believe that changing the language is an opportunity to change the perception. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of like straightening the shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it really doesn't matter if the shoes are straight or not on a certain level, but on another level by recognizing the energy or the 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 dynamic that happens when the shoes are placed or the playful process within oneself of consciously choosing. even considering or choosing, that these are ways that we enter into the play um, uh, with awareness and with the opportunity that we don't know what's going to show up, we don't know what's in our core, we don't know what you're going to paint or what someone else, what's actually going to appear. Um, and and so we enter the unknown and and i think that this ter- brings us kind of full circle back to that survival response at least in the core with the psoas, because the psoas is associated with fear mm-hmm. and and i think that some of our maybe shift in metaphor maybe you can give some some you're really good at stories and and <laughs> and you know the 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 uh, the myths associated with the unknown, but to be willing to be in the unknown is that's huge. to allow for the innovation to occur because we don 't know what it is to fully blossom until we fully blossom, so yeah. we 're always going to be in the unknown
1: yes, and that 's so huge with with the pain with the creative process it's one of and the, with
0: sensing oneself
1: yes, yes, and I, and I think that you know it 's almost like each step, one step, and then the next step. Um, that the body, that like you talked about the neural pathways, pathways mm-hmm. have to develop. You know, neither—it's almost like neither one of us can do our work without each other. You know, the whole human being needs the physical as well as the the creative. The, they need both of those parts And they both to are. The,
0: the physicality is yeah. creative, yeah. and yeah. the creative yeah. is the physicality. So, once again, there isn't really a duality. Yeah. There's a there's a and, and that's, of course, one of our, our, our quandaries is that we are so obsessed with duality, yeah. and we're always looking at the black and the white, or the day and the night, and, and that to stand, uh, to stand in one's core is to be between mm. the dualities. It is to embrace both. It's the capacity to hold both simultaneously. Yes, and, and, uh, it is. And that
1: is us and and it takes practice it takes a little bit of practice to you know and that's what I tell my tell my students is that we're toning our muscles of being in the unknown of trusting of going into competitiveness or judgment and coming out of it mm-hmm. you know we don't discard it it's part of the whole the whole dance but and to do so is toning toning the muscles yeah dance is a great is yeah. a great metaphor yeah you know, is that life is a dance, and
0: that each moment is a dance because that is inherent. There is a creativeness in that. Yes. It, 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 you know, because you're being responsive. Right. You know, you have to be responsive to your partner. You have to be responsive to the moment, to the music. to the music, to whatever wow. impulse is happening. Is to to to, and that's when the beauty really shows up. You know, it's, it's so so. Well, this has been interesting to kind of explore
1: uh, creative process and so ask. Uh Yeah, I'm very excited yeah. to yeah. take this back to my students because to have that concrete model. And, and like you say, that duality. A concrete model. That's a concrete it. model. <laughs> that material model. Oh, there's a
0: metaphor for
1: it. (laughs) Explicit. Let me take that back. Well, explicit model. Okay. Because it's so important to help us shake off. But we don't even know we have. Oh,
0: it's so true. I mean, yeah, I tell people when I'm changing the language, I can't tell you how much, even when I'm teaching... That sometimes I can't find a metaphor. I mean, all I can find is a mechanical metaphor. Yeah. You know? And I go, I'm sorry, but I have to use a, me- a mechanical metaphor because, you know, I can't, I can't, I it's like nothing's coming. So I realize how kind of starved I yeah. am
1: yeah.
0: for more experience that I have to draw on. Campaign. Yeah, campaign. Okay. Okay. Well, I am. I'm going to. We're going to do that together. And what's the date that we're doing it? It's April. April. I don't don't know. We we have no idea because we're not in time. (laughs) We are in time and space, but we're in another time and space. (laughs) Well, it's it's sometime in April. I think it's early April, and we're going to do what a two-day do an evening
1: and Friday evening
0: and a a Saturday uh, day. And we're getting the date right now. And um, meanwhile, you can uh, find uh, Maggio. It's website, which is a beautiful website, uh, and I'm going to spell it. It's A-N-A-V-A-M-I Anavami uh, dot com. Actually, and, it's Anavami Center dot uh, centercom I'm going to go to that. Okay. And uh, there's a gallery and her biography and, yeah, and this is all kinds art. of
1: great information. This is my art one. The other one is the Oh, okay, so you have two. Yes, I have two. One's anavami.com, and one's anavamicenter.com. The center has the posting um, our workshop. Okay, and, and uh,
0: anavami, if someone would like to know, is Sanskrit for exalted. Exalted,
1: exalted nourishment, actually. Yeah, yeah, yes. so
0: <laughs> Yes, so exalted nourishment, which is what I hope for uh, each and every one of you um, <laughs> in your core and in your creative uh, life process. So thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you.